0: look with me in your Bibles to the book of Isaiah to chapter 43. The book of Isaiah in chapter 43, I'll just read one verse of scripture right now concerning our message and we'll look at others as we go along. Isaiah chapter 43 in verse 25. Isaiah 43, 25 I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for mine own sake and will not remember thy sins Our subject is sins blotted out Sins blotted out Our text has to do with God's dealings with the nation of Israel. But as I'm sure we all know, there's much that we can learn concerning God's dealings with us, God's dealings in our salvation by what is recorded concerning his dealings with the nation of Israel. This verse is very important. It speaks of the forgiveness of sin. The words blotted out are are used here. And I'm going to read this again. Then I want to also notice chapter 44 of Isaiah. Our text, I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for my own sake and will not remember thy sins. If you would, look in chapter 44. And notice verse 22. I have blotted out as a thick cloud thy transgressions, and as a cloud thy sins. Return unto me, for I have redeemed thee. I go back to chapter 43, to our text verse there. I'm going to begin with the words, in this, this statement, where God said, I, even I, am He. I, even I, am He that blotteth out thy transgression. It is as if God demands our full attention upon Him in this. modern theology and religion where full attention is upon the individual, upon mankind, and not upon God. These words just tell me that God wants our full attention upon him in this matter. I, even I, am he that blotteth out, thy transgressions. God is the one that does this. God is the only one who can forgive sins, and he and he alone must have, and I think he demands full credit for And I, even I. God's mercy and God's grace benefits countless individuals and it has throughout the ages. but God has so designed it where he receives all the glory, the praise and the honor and he will not share this with another. He will not share it with another. There are many false religions, many around us, no matter where you live, they are there. They have their order of priests who claim to have power and authority to forgive sins. But I can tell you based upon God's word, they are all liars. They do not have power and authority to forgive sins. Our text makes it very clear. God said, it's me. He said, I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions. And I'll mention another reason that God is the only one who can forgive sins. And it's just in the simple fact that all sins are against him. All sins are against God. No matter what they may be, all sins are against God. He is the offended party, and only the offended party can forgive sins. For instance, If I wrong Brother Justice, Brother Royce cannot forgive me for that. It's up to Brother Justice. I offended him. All of our sins offend a holy God. They are against God. And God is the only one who can forgive those sins. Notice in our text, Isaiah 43, and in verse 25, I want to point out two words to begin with. Notice the word transgressions, and then notice the word sins. Now, these are closely related, but they are not one and the same thing. While transgressions are certainly sins, the word transgression implies and indicates a moral and religious rebellion against God. A moral and religious revolt against God. Transgressions are defying God's authority. Then you have the word sins. Men have given many definitions to the word sins, but I'm going to stick to God's definition. It is the transgression of the law. Sins are always in relation to God's moral law. And as you know, God has placed a death penalty upon sins. Sins carry a death penalty. Now we'll go back to our reading in Isaiah 43 and also the verse in Isaiah 44. In Isaiah 43 and in verse 25, I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgression for mine own sake and will not remember thy sins. Then in Isaiah 44, and in verse 22, I have blotted out, as a thick cloud, thy transgressions, and as a cloud, thy sins. Now, notice in both of these verses, it speaks about blotting out. Blotting out. What does that mean? rotting out. By definition, the word means to erase. It means to abolish. It means to utterly wipe out. We could say it means to cause them to disappear. It's not like you remember the days we used typewriters and we used a lot of whiteouts to cover up our mistakes. This is not what God is speaking of here. It's not just covering up our transgressions and our sins. It's putting them away, doing away with them, erasing them, causing them to literally vanish. I have blotted out. I have blotted out. Notice, here in chapter 44, I have blotted out as a thick cloud. As a thick cloud, thy transgressions. And as a cloud, thy sins. Every one of us has seen clouds which appear in the sky for a little while, and then they just, they're gone. They disappear. They dissipate. They just vanish. God said, I've blotted out. I've caused to vanish, just like a, he would a cloud, thy transgressions and thy sins. I was thinking about this and the thick cloud, and I'm thinking, I thinking—I was thinking about the times that I've boarded an airplane and it would be dark, cloudy, or gloomy day. And you get on that airplane and you wonder about the storms and whatever. And then you take off and you get above the clouds and all of a sudden it's bright sunshine. And it's the clouds there that cause the darkness. It's the clouds that separate us from the sunshine, from the light. God said, I've blotted out, just like a thick cloud, your transgressions, I have blotted out that which separates you from me. And if you'll notice in Isaiah chapter 59, and in verse 1, and in verse 2, it is our iniquities, that have separated between us and God. It's our iniquities that cause God to hide his face from us and not even hear us. But God said, I have blotted out thy transgressions as a cloud. I have taken them away. He has removed that which separated us from him. Remember the definition of the word blot, to erase, to abolish, to utterly wipe out. When God forgives our sins, the cloud is blotted out. There is nothing left to separate between us and God. There is nothing to separate between the repentant sinner and a holy God. God has taken it out of the way. He has caused it to disappear. And this cloud that I'm speaking of, which is our sins, once that cloud disappears, separate between the repentant sinner and God. That's not just casual words. I meant to say that. Look with me to the book of Acts, if you would, and in chapter 3. The book of Acts, and in chapter 3, notice verse 19. Acts chapter 3 and in verse 19. Repent ye therefore and be converted. Why? You know, I stop and ask questions pretty regularly. Why? Notice the biblical answer. That your sins may be blotted out. I'll read it again. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. There are many things that are involved in God blotting out our transgressions and our sins. There's a lot involved in that. It took more than a divine fiat or command from God. It took more than God's spoken word. You consider the great work of creation. God just said, let it be, and it was. Well, it's not that way with our sins being blotted out. There's more involved than just God speaking the word. First I'll mention divine justice must be first satisfied before your sins can be blotted out. God will not do it at the expense of his own justice. It must be Taken care of. In order for sins to be blotted out, those sins must be first transferred from us to the very Son of God, Jesus Christ, our surety and our substitute. Something happens to those sins. Without the shedding of the blood of the Son of God, there would be no remission of sins. The cloud would not be blotted out. Again, it took far more than just the spoken word. Again, there's many more things that are involved. As I read here in Acts chapter 3 and in verse 19, There is that matter of repentance, a very neglected doctrine in our generation. Jesus put much emphasis on this matter of repentance. It does not matter if churches and religion today ignores this doctrine. It is still a divine necessity in order for your sins to be blotted out. And again, Acts 3, verse 19. Repent, therefore, why? That your sins may be blotted out. I'm going to go to the book of Mark just a moment. In Mark chapter 1, Mark, and in chapter 1, Verse 14, now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Now it's a wonderful thing to note that Jesus was a preacher, a great teacher, a great preacher. Again, preaching is a thing that's being set aside by many today. But it's a very important part of our worship of God. God manifests His Word through preaching. Notice what Jesus said in His preaching, verse 15. He said, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. And when Jesus began to preach after that John was put into prison, that was his subject. That was his thing. That's what he gave importance to. Repentance and faith, repent ye, and believe the gospel. Go with me to the book of Luke, if you would, and in chapter 24, in Luke and in chapter 24, and here I'll read verse 46 and verse 47. This is after the resurrection, after the encounter with the two on the road to Emmaus. He is speaking here back with the disciples and he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer, to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. What should be preached? What should be preached? That repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You can note it in verse 47. If you pay attention as you read and study the Word of God, you'll find that these two go hand in hand throughout the Word of God. Repentance and the remission of sins. Repent ye that your sins may be blotted out. Repentance and the remission of sins of sins. Jesus put great emphasis on this matter of repentance. No one, no matter who they are, no matter what church they belong to, no matter what doctrine they may hold to, no one should ever expect nor believe that their sins have been blotted out until and unless they have true repentance and faith. It is a false hope to think that your sins have been abolished, put away, blotted out, if you have never repented and you do not have full trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. You have a false hope and a false Repent, that your sins may be blotted out. Let's go back to Isaiah chapter 43 once again. In Isaiah chapter 43, there's much here that we could spend time on in this verse, in verse 25. But I want you to notice the stated reason that God blots out our transgression and does not remember our sins. Why does he do that? Have you ever just asked yourself the question, why does he do it? What's his purpose in this? But if you think his primary purpose was your salvation and your benefit, you're wrong. Notice what he said in Isaiah 43 and in verse 25. I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgression. Well, Lord, why do you do that? He said, for my own sake. The benefits we receive from the grace and mercy of God are secondary in this matter. God said, I do it for my own sake. First and foremost, the forgiveness of our sins is for God's sake, for his own sake. We could say, I think, in this manner that God does this in order to maintain, to protect, and preserve His own holiness and glory. He said, I do it for my own sake. I'm thankful we get the benefit. It does not matter to me whether the benefit is second, third, or one hundredth or a thousand long as I get it. But first and foremost, God receives the glory. First and foremost, he said, I do it for my own sake. Consider the forgiveness of sins for his own sake. Before the creation of the world, God had elected and chosen a people unto salvation. He has decreed their salvation. He has purposed their salvation. He has given them unto Christ for salvation. Well, if God does not blot out those individual sins, And he does that based upon the merit and the work of the sacrifice of Christ. But if those sins are not blotted out, his election means nothing. It's meaningless. He said, I do it for my own sake. I'll maintain my honor. I purposed it. I will do it. He cannot fail to do it. But in it all, he receives the glory. His divine purpose is upheld. His counsel is upheld. The covenant of grace is is still in effect. But if the sins are not blotted out, the covenant of grace is of none effect. God's honor, God's name would be be, be besmirched. It would be slandered. And so God said, I do this. For mine own sake. We may not always realize it. We may not always acknowledge it. But God does all things for his own sake. He does all things for his own glory. A good example of this, if you turn to Ezekiel chapter 36. Ezekiel and then chapter 36. And I'm going to begin in verse 24. I'm not going to read the entirety of any of these verses, but just point out two little words as we go along. Notice in Isaiah chapter 36, verse 24 the second and third word for god said i will in verse 25 then will i the same toward the end of the verse will i in verse 26 you have the word will i again twice then he said i will the same verse he said again i will Verse 27, I will put my spirit within you. The last part of verse 28, he said, I will. Also in verse 29, you have three times God saying, I will. In verse 30, you have God saying, I will. Then stop and ask your questions. Why will he do all these things? Why will he do it? Well, go back to verse 21. He said, I had pity for my holy name. In verse 22, you'll find these words. I do not this for your sakes, O house of Israel, but for my holy name's sake. In verse 23, he said, I will sanctify my great name. And again, in verse 32, he said, Not for your sakes do I this, saith the Lord God, be it known unto you. Not for your sakes. Again, we don't always just immediately think about it when we think of our salvation. But God did it for his sake. He did it for his sake. Just think of the consequences that would have existed if God had chosen a people unto salvation but then failed to blot out their sins. He would not be a God worthy of any worship. Could not be a holy God could not be a sovereign God. We ought to thank him that he does this for his own sake. Our prayer and desire ought to always be that God receives all the honor and the glory for our salvation.